Welcome to episode 8 of the Let's Get Down to Business podcast. I'm your host today, Charlotte Newman, and I wanted to let you know that our next series will be about what we call the 12 vital ingredients for a successful business. And we'll be taking two key elements at a time and breaking them down in more detail for you. If you've been following us for a while, you will know we covered these on our Friday night emails last year, and therefore we intend to build upon what we shared then. I'm joined today by Malcolm Palmer, the managing partner at A4G LLP, who is going to talk us through the first two key ingredients which ensuring you have an in-depth knowledge of your market and competition, as well as ensuring you give your team a concrete vision and purpose for your business and its future. Hi, Malcolm. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Good to talk to you again, Charlotte. Yes, good to speak to you too. So I wanted to kick off this episode with a couple of quick statistics. Um, so according to the Federation of Small Businesses, small to medium businesses make up around 99% of the overall number of businesses in the UK and actually account for three-fifths of the employment, which is great news for our listeners because they're definitely not alone. However, between 2019 and 2020, there were over 536,000 business closures, which the with the average age of a company being 8.7 years. So Malcolm, as this series is all about what we call our 12 vital ingredients to a successful business, how therefore important is continuous research and staying up to date with the market that the business owners are in, um, just to ensure they beat the odds? Yeah, I mean, it depends what industry you're in, of course, because, um, you know, if it's in a very sort of, you know, manual old-fashioned industry that doesn't change very much then it might not be quite as important as a business which um, is impacted significantly by technology but um, I think that every business is starting to be impacted by technology significantly I mean you know if you were a London cabbie 10 years ago um, I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have dreamed of what um, Uber has done to the market for your services, and um, you know what what is technology going to do to that market in the next ten years when you've got the possibility of driverless cabs? So um, you know you've got to keep abreast of what's happening in your industry, not just the the obvious big things, but just some of the some of the little things that are going on because you can easily get caught out and find that you know you're losing customers to a a big new competitor that's out there or even lots of other smaller ones that are just ahead of you technology wise yeah exactly so why would a business want to identify why they are different or better from their competitors yeah it's a good question um i uh, i often tell this story um which is that i was sitting in my back garden reading a business book uh, about you know 20 almost 25 years ago, we'd only really been going two or three years and we were doing pretty well at that point. We'd signed up, you know, signing up quite a few new clients every single month, really. Um, And this business book said that every good business needs to have a unique selling point. And I'd not even come across that term by then. I'm sure sure most of you will have um, heard the term unique selling point or USP. Um, But it's the, the thing about your business, which is different or better than your competitors. So I had to think about this because, uh, you know, we, we had we had a, a nice little small group of staff. So we weren't going to be as technically advanced as one or two of our competitors. You know, there was a top, I think, five, as they were then, firm only about five or six miles down the road. So they'd have specialists in absolutely everything. Um, and, and yet we'd taken a client 
off of them within the previous six months. Um, we weren't going to be the cheapest because the one-man band accountants uh, are always going to be cheaper than us. Um, but um, we always take clients off of the one-man band accountant. So what is it that, or what was it about my firm at the time that made us different or better? And I came to the conclusion that it was communication and that we were the best communicators and that, you know, even if other firms were able to do the same things as us or give the same advice, they couldn't communicate it as well as us. So once I'd got that knowledge and what you need to think about for your own business is what is it, what is your unique selling point? Because once you're armed with that knowledge, then you can start thinking about it in the way that I thought about it. And um, that it's the key element of your marketing. You know, you might do 20 different things, but if 19 of those things are done by everybody else in your industry, then it's just expected. It's the norm. Why is anybody going to come to you because you do those 19 things when everybody else does them as well? So, you know, if somebody said to me, um, you know, what does your business do? Um, I would say uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do the, well, we do accounts and we do tax returns and, you know, because everybody does that. Um, what I'd focus on is the advice that we give. You know, it's all about the advice, not just the numbers. Um, and, and there'll be something about your business that does it. If there isn't, then you're, you're going to be struggling marketing-wise and you're going to be struggling when you find yourself in front of a potential customer to justify why they should use you instead of somebody else. And that's really interesting, actually, and also focusing on when when you're looking at your USP, actually, how you're going to market that to to your um, customers. But how could a business owner best monitor what their competitors are doing? You know, find out about them and make sure that they are different and, you know, what they are doing differently to to their other, you know, their competitors. Yeah, well, you know, nev never underestimate the uh, deviousness, deviousness or sneakiness of an owner manager. You know, there's if you if you want to find out stuff about your competitors, then you've just got to you just got to start looking. Really, you know, I mean, the obvious place to look is their website, mm -hmm. and um, but of course, their website is going to be the the picture that they wish to paint to the outside world, um, or maybe the website that they're um, their nephew knocked up nine years ago, which looks incredibly old-fashioned. Um, but, you know, that will give you a bit of a start point. Um, talk to suppliers. Um, many of your suppliers will also supply stuff to the um, to the competitors. Everybody likes a bit of a chat. They might not realise that you're pumping them for information about the competitors, so don't be too brazen about it. Um, you know, sometimes I've done interviews for people and I've been sort of about 10 minutes into the interview and I'll be thinking I'm not really going to take you on for um for our firm really I didn't think that the person concerned would be a good fit but I've carried on talking to them for another you know half an hour or so just asking them questions about the firm that they're with and about um you know their job search generally you, you can find out um, a lot from those sort of discussions um you know people do mystery shopper stuff as well um funnily enough one of our staff when she was um 
on a on a bit of a career break did some mystery shopper things so you know just send somebody to go and buy something from one of your competitors have a little look around there's lots of ways you can find out what other people are doing and and don't forget most industries still have trade magazines um, you can subscribe to those again the stuff that you read is going to be a little bit sugar-coated the best version of everybody but the information's out there if you really want to go looking for it oh fantastic so some great practical advice there on different ways that they could um you know keep on top of their competitors but what about um like new regulations and law how can a business stay on top of these sort of things um ones that will directly affect their business uh yeah people get they'd, they'd really get caught out completely on this stuff um in a particular industry if there's some important new law that's coming in then it's pretty hard for that to have come in without being noticed by pretty much anybody in the industry but there are lots of businesses that are not prepared you know they are can might only be a matter of weeks away we had the recently in the construction industry we had the domestic reverse charge that came in and i you know i'm talking to somebody at our golf club in the um in that line of work and you know this was a matter of weeks before the rules were coming in and and he'd only just heard about it so you know they weren't prepared for it they weren't prepared for what the impact on the cash flow was going to be or um, how they needed to rejig their invoicing um but preparation is important and again you know go back to those trade magazines there will always be articles in trade magazines or in um, email mail shots that are coming out because there's always going to be somebody out there who knows how this thing works and wants to sell their services so those sort of people you know there's lots of really good professionals in in all sorts of industries and they'll write articles again you just got to look for them you know to subscribe to a few emails that come through don't just put everything into your junk box um because some of this stuff is quite useful brilliant um if research and um research of the market and insight into competitors then is a factor to increasing the success of our business is this something business owners should be doing all the time like how frequently should they be monitoring this I think the danger is that mo that business owners are just head down plowing on with their day-to-day -day work and they don't have any time set aside for um for just looking at these things you know but you know you can you can find the time um i remember when when um my two daughters were a bit younger and i had to endure things like the x factor on the tv you you can always flip open the uh, the laptop and have a little catch up on a few of those sort of things that are, they're not work work but they're um they're, they're things that you can do when you're half doing something else, if you know what I mean. But if you're just, you know, working ridiculous hours, plowing on work, 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 and you're working in the business rather than on the business, then um, you you can. It's easy to to miss the changes that are happening around you. Exactly, and I think that that's the key, isn't it? Is um, not noticing that difference between working in and on the business. Um, well, I think that pretty much covers everything a business owner would probably need to know uh, when it comes to ensuring they have an in-depth knowledge of their market and their competitors, which leads us quite nicely onto the next key ingredient, which is having a concrete vision and purpose for the business. And um, we've actually touched on this, Malcolm, in one of our previous episodes. However, could you just remind our listeners why having a 
written business plan is you know so important yeah i, I mean <clears throat> i think there's a statistic that just writing something down makes you twice as likely to do it as not writing it down and that's not we're not just talking about business plans here you know we're talking about the the the, the weekly shopping you know um we're talking about a little idea that you get when you're chatting away to somebody you know does it just pop in your head and then pop back out again if you write it down you're more likely to do it so um having an putting that into a little bit more organization can then take that on to another level really and um one of the start points is is motivation and a, a lot of people just forget why they're doing stuff and as a result can end up doing the wrong things so with that um written business plan just start off by setting out what is it you're trying to achieve so it could be just to get to break even point in order that you're able to pay the monthly bills it could be that you want to sell the business in five years time um, it could be that you want the business to be making hundred thousand pound a year profit after tax and regular dividends you know set out that um, outcome and think about what's in it for you as well you know whether that's freedom or a better lifestyle or security there's all that maslow's hierarchy of needs you know that um that apparently we're all as human beings work our way up that particular pyramid um and without you know without um, going into too much detail on that you know wherever you are in your life you're going to be somewhere on that pyramid so just think about what it is that you want and then start um, working your way through a plan as to how you're going to get there exactly and thinking about the plan of how we're going to get there I mean part of that is setting goals um, and so could you just explain what are like performance goals um, in relation to our business plan and those key objectives that we've set yeah, so performance goals are things that are measurable. Um, if they're not measurable, then um, it's very hard to see how well you're doing. You know, so um, I, I mentioned one of the things was that somebody wanted to be able to retire or to have freedom um, to do all the things that they want to do. So there's lots of people say that. You know, I often um, hear people say that they'd like to sell the business in five years time and it's interesting i mean five years comes up all the time five years five years i want to sell the business in five years people don't when when people say four years or three and a half years i actually know they're serious about it when they say five years then it's five years is far enough away that it's just sort of a vague objective we don't really have to think about it too much we just carry on for the time being but the trouble is five years comes around quicker quicker than you might think you know um we've just had the 2021 olympics um or the 2020 olympics in 2021 five years ago was the rio olympics you know that, that doesn't seem so very long ago when you look backwards looking forwards to 2026 that that seems a long time so people say i want to retire in five years but they're not they're not really taking it seriously if you want to do that in five years then you need to think to yourself okay how much money am i going to need in five years time um in fact you need, might need to go back uh, deeper than that how much income am i going to need in five years time how much capital do i need set aside to generate that income 
oh, and I'd like a bit of capital set aside for the to help the kids out as well with you know deposits for houses or weddings or whatever else um, they might need. So now you're going to start to put some numbers to it. And then you've got to look to say, well, what does my business need to be doing in five years' time in order to be able to sell it for the amount of money that I need to make up the amount of, from the amount of capital I've got now to what I'm going to need at that point. And suddenly the numbers can look a bit scary because suddenly that level of profit might be well, well above where you are now. So if you think we're finished on performance goals, we've still got a way to go just to start because you now got to think to yourself, okay, so I've got to double my turnover in five years or improve my margins by 5% or both. Um, you know, I've got to do that without my overheads um, doubling, etc. So um, now you've got to think about how many new customers you need, what your customer retention policy needs to be, what your pricing strategy needs to be. Um, all of these things start to be measurable. And then you can get down to a little bit more detail than that and get down to something very, very specific to your business. So um, we, we help clients. We have a number of clients that they we work out on their target an average daily turnover figure that they need to hit per working day. So take all the bank holidays out of that and Christmas, etc., and come back to this average daily turnover. And uh, that's what you've got to hit, you know, and then in three months time, it, it, we need to increase it to that. So that's, you know, that's a that's a performance goal. But equally, the number of new leads you got this week um, might be a performance goal. The percentage of those new leads that you turn into customers might be a performance goal. The average value per sale might be a performance goal. Now you're starting to really start to focus on the specifics of what you need to get to your outcome goal. Oh, fantastic. It's actually interesting. You mentioned it is one of those common things. Where do you see yourself in two or five years time? And I think up till now, we've probably made a bit of an assumption that a lot of our business owners are not on their own, but they are themselves with a business idea. However, often businesses have more than one owner. Um, and how important is it that actually an in-depth conversation happens where each of them sees their business in this period of time that they define? Because obviously they may have different viewpoints of where they see the business or where they want to be. So how important is it that they define that early on in, in their business? Yeah, it, it can be much worse than that, Charlotte. I, um, uh, funnily enough, I, I always go back to a, um, a, a situation that I remember as a child. Um, my mum and dad had a couple that they were really good friends with, and this couple were involved in a business down on the uh, the North Kent coast. I won't be any more specific than that. And they were in partnership with another couple. And um, they both couples lived above the premises where the business was. It was split into two flats and the business was downstairs and they, they lived upstairs. And um, for about the last 10 years that they were in business together, they barely talked to each other. They literally... I don't know what had ever caused the um, the fallout, but um, the something had gone significantly wrong with that relationship, and they were tied in to each other with that business. It was, you know, it was what earned them all their living. It was their home, um, you know, it was their retirement fund, everything about it. 
um, was, you know, was something that was really hard to break away from. And um, on a, and, and this does happen, you know, um, many partnerships start up and within a year or two, um, they, you know, they, they've fallen out and gone their separate ways. I mean, I had a couple of friends from college that ended up going into business together and they'd been each other's best uh, men at um, each other's weddings. And within a year, um, they, they, they had their last ever conversation together and never spoken again since, you know. Yeah. Um, this stuff happens. On a, on a lesser level, there's just these situations can arise when people have got, different outcomes that they want to achieve and they're pulling in different directions um the, the classic one that i often talk about had a did a strategic planning session with a couple of people one of in one of them in their industry wanted to invent a new machine that he felt was going to revolutionize the industry um he was a bit of a dreamer um and hopefully he's not listening to this um the other one just wanted to have a successful business that paid all the bills and gave them a good income and had, had um, enabled them to put money into their pension. And literally on a day-to-day -day basis, the two of them were spending a significant proportion of their time pulling against the other one. So, you know, almost undoing the things that the other one was doing. You know, that that's not a recipe for a successful business. And we're, we're all a bit too polite in this country sometimes you know we we don't like confrontation so the conversations that need to be had between people don't don't take place um and this is where an advisor you know whether it's a business advisor or accountant um just you know somebody can act as a referee can can really help by by getting out of everybody what they want the business to look like in five years time what's in it for them and then ask the other people you know and get and and see how how those two visions compare um if they are completely different then it's not going to work no exactly and i think it's one of the very important things you know if you if you have got a vision for your business or two people who've got vision for a business that you're both working in the same direction because it is a limiting factor to the success of a business and so i was wondering what other limiting factors could there be to people achieving their business goals and have you got any common ones that you come across that people struggle with yeah um well i'll leave the most common one perhaps till last but there's all sorts of things that can limit um, a business i mean you know the first limiting factor for your business is the number of customers that you've got you know you're, you can't double your turnover um, or unlikely to be able to double your turnover with this with the same number of customers um so the the number one limiting factor of a business is you've got to go out and, and get more of them but let's say you found the magic customer acquiring um wand and and you've got lots of new customers coming in then that then something else is going to be stopping you so it might be the availability of the product that um that you're selling um it might be your logistics and how you're able to distribute that product if you're a service business and, and most people listening to this will be in uh, will be in a service business then it will be the availability of labor 
Um, at the moment, you know, all, all of the um, the trades and professions are all suffering a bit of a labour shortage. There's more demand because it's all been pent up as a result of the um, the pandemic, and and now they're struggling to meet that. So, it could be the um, the volume of labour that you've got. It could be the skill set of your team, um, and and even if you manage to get over all of those things usually you've got to pay out your costs before you get paid by your customers so um, you know in some in some businesses there can be a a 90-day cycle between paying wages in a service business and being able to build that and get paid so you've got to fund all that for 90 days so that requires cash so the limiting factor might be the availability of cash get over that it could be that your premises are not big enough there's all sorts of things can be the limiting factor. But in, in my experience, the, the limiting factor that trumps all the others is the amount of time that the owner manager has to do all the things that they need to do. And um, I think, you know, owner manager can be a little bit too conservative when it comes to asking for help and buying in help. You know, there are, there's, there, there are lots of, bright kids out there who are out of university or out of school that um, can come in and and take some of your work off you. There's people that are looking for part-time work to fit around the family that can act as a bit of a PA for you and um, organise all your admin. Um, There's lots of ways you can leverage your time. Maybe, you know, just writing systems and checklists so that people with less knowledge and skills than you are able to do some of the things that you do can can free up your time. So the big limiting factor is the amount of time of the of the owner manager. But there are things you can do to try and fix that. Brilliant. I actually remember um, talking to a client who, who was similar, trying to you know do this, um, do everything himself, and and not knowing where to start. And we you know we just did something simple: write down on a post-it note sort of everything you do, and then look at them and say which ones don't I need to do, which ones can I get help with quite easily, even if that's just making a cup of tea or answering the phone. And then before long, you will easily find ways that someone else can take that time off you know take that time away from what you're doing and you can then spend more time like working on the business and growing it and um, so now obviously we've done all our research we know what our USP is, is we've done a written business plan we know what our performance goals are we know I've got a clear vision for our business but in your experience what are the best way or ways then to actually communicate that vision and purpose to the team that you're invariably going to need in order to make your business successful yeah, that's a great question, Charlotte. And I think I think um, there's no right answer for everybody listening to this because um, we've all got different strengths and we've all got different ways of communicating. So um, you know, my um, that you know, our, our team at A4G are spread across different offices, and obviously during the pandemic, everybody was working from home you know we can't we can't get everybody in to sort of stand in the boardroom and um, do some inspirational speech to everybody Um, and it's quite difficult to even get everybody online in a Microsoft Teams meeting so um, you know we 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 communicate a lot by by group emails Um, the the marketing emails that we did called uh, thoughts for the weekend came out of something that we've been doing for 10 years 
called Thoughts from the Weekend, um, which was something that um, one of the senior members of the team would write over the weekend ready for a Monday morning. And, you know, I've um, I've always loved writing and um it was it, it you know it was that or a numbers based career when I was eighteen. So you know the, being able to do one of these sort of emails, it might be just talking about one specific issue. It might be talking about some really big picture stuff. It might be talking about stuff that's on the horizon, a problem that's come up last week that everybody needs to be aware of. You know, but um, that you know getting a, a written email out on a regular basis is a is a great way of. Of, of communicating exactly the same thing to every person in the organization. But that might not work for somebody whose written skills are not are not particularly fantastic. So, you know, you might need to find other ways to do it. Um, you know, if you can get everybody together, um, to, you know, Monday morning, all the engineers or whatever all need to know what the workload is this week. Get them all into the workshop um, or, or whatever, and ten minute chat. That might be all it needs to be. Um, or you know, perhaps you might need to just record something, you know, and and ask everybody to make sure they listen to it. There's there's lots of different ways to communicate, but the one way to not communicate is just by sitting in your office grumbling about that uh, nobody understands and everybody does the wrong thing in my in my experience that has never motivated anybody or got anybody's team pulling in the same direction exactly um, have you got any last pieces of practical advice then on these two key ingredients we've covered today um no i mean you know i've just come back to the the, the priority for owner managers really you know this whole thing about working on your business rather than in your business you know you you there are a limited number of hours in the day and you can't do everything so you you have to find your own way of well you you can accept that your business is going to stay the size that it is earning whatever income it's always earned um that you might be quite happy with that. Um, it, it, in fact, of course, if you don't work on your business, you might not even achieve that because competitors will come up with new things. Technology will overtake you. So even if you want to stay at the same place as you are, you've still got to find ways of changing. But if you do want to improve things, then doing the same thing next week as you did last week is not going to do that. You've got to find a way of freeing up a certain amount of your time you know if it's an hour a week okay fine that's you're not going to make dramatic changes to your business by only spending an hour a week working on those changes but but at least it's something you know maybe it needs to be five hours or ten hours you know once you start delegating stuff and you start putting systems in place so that people can take over your day-to-day -day stuff eventually you get to the point where most of your week is working on the business you know and you're out there getting new customers developing new products um, opening new branches dealing with all those limiting factors so it's you've got to you've got to start with yourself and you know look at what you're doing um, you know during the course of a week and think right what am I going to do differently next week? Brilliant, brilliant advice. Thank you so much, Malcolm, um, for joining us today. Um, hopefully some lots of tidbits for people to take away and um, get their successful businesses off the ground. Thank you.
Well, next week we'll be discussing ways to ensure your business has enough funds and adequate cash flow to navigate the ebbs and flows, as well as ensuring you have robust financial planning and review processes in place to monitor and gauge the success of your business. If you have any questions on these topics, please email them over to inquiries at a4g-llp.co.uk. And in the meantime, head to our social media at A4G Chartered Accountants, where we're providing a lot more guidance on this area and many others. Alternatively, check out our website, www.a4g-llp co.uk which is full of free tools guidance and plenty of food for thought to help support your you with running your successful business i've been your host charlotte and this is let's get down to business